0: Think of it as like investing 20 minutes to get an additional hour and a half or two hours of focus time. I think that's a, that's a great ROI, right?
1: This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Dan,
0: welcome to the show, man. Hey, buddy. Good to see you. How are you today?
1: I am just enjoying life. It's We are not quite opened up like you guys, uh, but its it's been a crazy time. We connected. I remember connecting with you, and I wasn't even in Denver. I was with my family at the time. We Our internet was kind of sketchy. And I just remember walking away from that, being like, you are a guy that I want to become good friends with, mainly because you're an efficiency genius. You have a podcast. You have a blog. You teach people courses on how they can be more efficient. The whole concept of better wealth is to ultimately live a more intentional life. And so many people are being held back because of their lack of understanding about how to use their time wisely. So with that, man, I would love for you to give an overview of your story, um, why you're so passionate about this. And then I want to jump right into working from home hacks, how people can be more efficient, and just a little bit more of why you do what you do.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. And I really enjoyed our conversation as well. And for those who don't know who I am, my name is Tam Pham. I'm the founder and CEO of Asian Efficiency, where we help people become more productive at work and in life. And when people meet me, they always think that because I'm Asian and I'm efficient, that I've always been this way. But honestly, it could be further from the truth because I actually started documenting when I was learning and studying productivity back in 2008, 2009, uh, on the blog about what I'm learning and how I'm doing things and how I'm discovering all these different tools and life hacks and different things. And so I was a student like everyone else, just interested in becoming more productive at work. And uh, it started for me because I got promoted at work and I got so overwhelmed that I just didn't know what to do. And I was really fearful of losing my job because everything was just going through the cracks. I was just missing out on opportunities, missing clients, dropping clients. I wasn't really responsible. I put on a lot of weight because I was so stressed out. I didn't sleep much. I was missing out on time with family and friends. And so I knew something had to change at some point. So I started studying productivity, read all the books, you know, tried all the different life hacks. And some of it kind of worked for me. Some of it didn't work for me whatsoever. And some of it made my life even worse. And so eventually over time, I kind of figured out my own system now that I now teach at Asian efficiency, which we call the T framework, which stands for time, energy, and attention. And if you can master all three currencies, you can master your time, you master your energy, you master your attention then you can live a really productive life. And so that's what I teach now. And that's something I'm super passionate about. Can we, can we jump right into this?
1: Like, I, I love that you go right to the point, time, energy, and attention. Um, I, I know that you, you have your whole business built around this. So it's, it's, we can't cover it all on a podcast, but quickly in the category of time, what, what are you covering? And like, how can someone walk away with a framework of that method?
0: So most people, when they want to become more productive, oftentimes they'll come to us and say, "Well, hey, Tan, I don't have a lot of time right now." or they'll say stuff like I wish I had an extra hour in a day, or if I have more time, I could do this, I could start my business, you know, start a freelancing career, I could study on the side. so a lot of people come to us because they want to have more free time, right And so that's one of the areas I identified where there's a huge opportunity for growth. And then also for, um, for just managing time in a way that allows you to do the things you want to do. And like you always talk about, you, know, you are the biggest asset. And so time is one of those currencies that we can manage in a way and also influence. We can't really control it because time goes by whether we do something or not. But we can manage it in a way so that we can have more of it in a way, right? And so one of the things I always teach people is, you know, we want to make sure that we use a calendar. and That you are intentional about how you start your day. And one of the things that I always talk about is the way you start your day sets the tone for the rest of the day. So start it right, and you're going to have a productive day. But start it poorly, and you're going to have an unproductive day. So imagine walking into your office, Caleb, and you say, oh, man, I don't know what I'm going to do today. I'm so tired. You know, I'm agitated. Somebody cut me off on the freeway. You know, I have this client that's bothering me and I have to do this and When you're in that kind of state of mind, it's so difficult to be productive and focused, right? Compared to when you walk in and you're saying, man, I'm so excited about life. I know exactly what I need to do. I know what my goals are. I'm excited about them. Uh, Let's just get started and and start doing this one particular task one at a time. And uh, I'm just going to figure out along the way how I'm going to get this done, right? And once we enter our day like that and start it in that kind of like capacity, then managing your time becomes really easy. Right. And so oftentimes the, the myth that people have about time management is that they try to obsess about managing every 15 minutes or booking appointments with themselves and trying to manage every single hour that they have. And there's some value into that. And there's, that's something I see a lot of people teach. But what I've discovered is the better you manage yourself, the more time you will create as a result. Because instead of procrastinating all the time, or feeling lethargic, right? Which is the energy component that I've talked about earlier. If you feel really good about yourself and you know exactly what you need to do, how you fill up your time and how you manage it oftentimes becomes a lot easier. So managing your calendar becomes a lot easier. Who you spend your time with, how you focus. You'll be able to get stuff done that normally take you two hours to do. You can all of a sudden do it in 30 minutes just because you're able to focus and not get distracted. And so a big part of just managing time is just really managing yourself.
1: Wow, man. There's so many things that I, we could go down. Like I'm, I've been big on this whole idea of morning routine um i just read miracle morning and that that was that concept was just really awesome and i actually got impacted by having your miracle morning before you went to bed deciding and being thankful for the amount of sleep that you're getting and then waking up and and having that be kind of the mindset um morning routine obviously waking up and looking at your phone and seeing who's who's you know talking to you or your texts or your social media probably is not a good way to start the morning. You have a morning routine that you that you can share with with my audience or what have you seen in the, the people that you've worked with or or coached uh, in just the past and the people that win? What kind of what kind of things are they doing in the morning?
0: When it comes to a morning routine, the most important thing I found from just studying different people, what kind of morning routines they have, whether it is a Fortune 500 executive to someone who is just really successful running a business with someone who has an awesome career in, in corporate America, is that... Ultimately, by the end of your morning routine, you should feel really confident about yourself and have lots of clarity. So every morning routine that I design for someone, uh, whether it's one of our clients or that I try to teach to people, uh, there's usually six steps that we kind of teach in that morning routine. And ultimately, the outcome, again, is just feeling confident and having lots of clarity. So what, what does that really mean? Uh, Because it goes back to the idea of what I was saying earlier, which is the way you start your day sets the tone for the rest of the day. So your morning routine is a way to jumpstart yourself to feel really good about yourself and to start your day in such a positive note that it's, it's, it's almost inevitable that you're going to be productive. And so one of the things that I talk about is like, as soon as you wake up, you should start drinking a glass of water right away. It's an easy, quick win. It's a way to signal to your body to wake up. It's a way to um, get that out of the way because we are dehydrated when we sleep six, seven, eight hours a night. And so it's a great way to really wake ourselves up. And it's such an easy win that it, it gives you that momentum to keep going and to do other little things. So we always talk about like how journaling in the morning is always a great idea as well. Looking at your goals so that you know exactly what what you're trying to accomplish that day. And even like you kind of hinted at before, if you do that the night before too, like looking at your goals and having clarity about what you need to do the next morning, there's something so powerful about knowing what you're going to do tomorrow and then going to sleep and then waking up feeling excited about what you're going to do, knowing have, knowing what to do, having that clarity. Uh, and those are the things I, I always recommend that people do. And we, we call that an evening ritual. It's kind of like the opposite of a morning routine where you kind of like wind down and know exactly what you're going to do tomorrow. And so one of the things I always like to do is look at my calendar before I go to bed, because I know then, okay, tomorrow seems like a busy day because I have a lot of meetings or a lot of errands to run. And so I don't start my day feeling frantic or feeling like there's a big unknown. Uh, I I wake up knowing, okay, today I have a lot of calls. Uh, Let's, let's go out and do that. Or if I have a lot of free time, let's, let's be creative and let's have some fun. And so having clarity around what's coming up and what you're going to do that day is so powerful. And that's why the morning routine is so powerful as well, because looking at your calendar, looking at your goals, knowing exactly what you're going to do, what the next step is, is just really important for that.
1: You know, I've noticed the difference between waking up, being excited uh, for the day versus waking up and not really having a desire or like having any clarity of what what's to come. And there is a difference, massive difference. And so one of the things that I just encourage people listening to this is if you're waking up tired, really start doing an audit of why that is. It could be physically, but it could also be that there's just um, maybe a lack of clarity or maybe that you, what you're doing in your life is not actually bringing you fulfillment. So thank you for covering that. So going back to the T method, we covered time. Thank you. Um, now going down to energy. What kind of big picture ideas in this category would would be good to cover in, in this method?
0: So when it comes to energy, there's three main areas I always recommend people look at. First one is sleep, because I think sleep is the most underrated aspect, but it also gives you the biggest gain and it's the biggest multiplier for your productivity. So that's the first one. The second thing is nutrition, so what you eat. Do you eat healthy? Do you eat a lot of food? Do you overeat? Do you eat uh, food that doesn't have a lot of nutrition? Uh, I think most of us know that the healthier we eat, the typically the better we feel. And that's something I always encourage people to look into as well. And then the third one, uh, you probably guessed it, is exercise. If we exercise on a regular basis, we really feel good about ourselves. We have more energy. We have more capacity. Our stamina goes up. Right. So if you're somebody who's typically lethargic in the afternoon, you kind of feel tired, you kind of feel sluggish. Uh, Energy is probably one of the areas where you want to look in and say, okay, what can I do here to really improve that particular area? Because you don't have to feel tired in the afternoon, you can be focused, you can be productive in the afternoon. Uh, And that's where sleep, nutrition and exercise is so important. And if, if I had to recommend one area to focus on most, I would say sleep, because it's the one thing, especially as entrepreneurs, Uh, It's the first thing we typically sacrifice and we'll say, oh, well, you know, I can sleep when I'm dead or, hey, you know, I can cram another two hours and I'll sleep four hours and I'll be totally okay. But they've shown so many studies where as soon as you lose like an hour of sleep, it's almost like you're intoxicated, right? Uh. Your cognitive behavior and function is of somebody who had a few drinks. And so sleep is so underrated and people just don't know enough about it to that to the extent that they really see the impact of it because oftentimes you know we'll just drink a lot of coffee we have some caffeine we're trying to mask it in a way but if Mm -hmm. you get rid of the caffeine and you just start to sleep more you'll start to see that you'll actually be just as focused and as productive Um, so sleep is one of those things where I think you know Focus on that first and foremost. And one of the things I always do with, when I first work with clients is actually f- focusing on their sleep hygiene. So what time do they go to bed? How much sleep do they get? And you're probably wondering at this point, okay, how many hours of sleep do I need? So typically what I recommend is start with seven um, because I think that's an easy benchmark to, to go for. And then see how you feel. Check in with yourself. Are you still feeling tired after a week of sleeping consistently for seven hours? If so, uh, let's bump that up even more. Go to seven and a half and then up to eight. Uh, so everyone is a little different in that sense, but I found working with tons of clients anywhere between six and a half is like the bare minimum to eight hours. I would say is a good range.
1: Wow, I, this is this is actually something that we've talked a lot in our company because there's there is this debate. Like some people are like they can't operate if they don't have eight hours of sleep, and then some people, like myself, by the way, don't necessarily need as much sleep and. And definitely wake up energized. A couple questions for you. So, number one, I have sleep tape. I've never shared this on the podcast, but I actually tape my mouth shut, breathe through my nose. I don't know if any of your clients have done any research on that. Um, number two, is there like any, any hacks around going to bed or waking up that would increase your energy? And then, and then the third thing is do you take naps or do any of your clients take naps? Because I'll be honest, I've seen the benefits of naps. I just can't take my, like, I'm just so, um, I feel so guilty around taking a break in the middle of the day to rest where I have not done a good job being able to shut my brain down during the middle of the day. So I know I'm asking you three questions in one. Sorry about that. But I, I love love this conversation.
0: Yeah, I love the excitement. That's why we're here to, to kind of help everyone here, right? And uh, to answer the nap question, yes, I do try to nap every single day. Am I getting that done every day? No. Maybe four or five times out of the week. I I really get that done. But I have found that napping for 20 minutes is just a nice way to, one, shut off your brain for a second. And then also, two, it kind of gives you a second wind of energy. So usually when I take a nap, it's anywhere around like 2 o'clock or so for 20 minutes. And then uh, I also set a timer for it because I know a lot of people are fearful that they take a nap and then an hour and a half later or two hours later, they wake up and go, oh my gosh, I wish I didn't take that nap because I missed out on two hours, right? That, That happens all the time. And so to kind of prevent that from happening, you kind of start to transition into a deeper sleep phase after about 25, 30 minutes or so. So you want to prevent that from happening. And so you can do that by setting a timer, right? So for 20 minutes or so, or uh, another thing is called like the caffeine hack. So what you do is you drink a cup of coffee or something like green tea before you take the nap. And it usually takes about 20 minutes for the caffeine to kind of kick in. And so you can then you know have a beverage, have a coffee or a cup of tea and then Take a quick little nap and then naturally the caffeine will kind of wake you up because it gives you a jolt of energy and focus, right? And so, uh, yes, I find it super helpful just because you get that second wind of energy of just being able to focus. So if if I compare the days when I don't take a nap, I cannot focus as long compared to the days when I do take a nap. So think of it as like investing 20 minutes to get an additional hour and a half or two hours of focus time. I think that's a, that's a great ROI, right? Yeah. I've
1: heard it. I've heard it said you almost get two days in one and I'm way more productive in the morning than I am afternoon. So if I could take this hack and say, I'm going to, I'm going to actually sacrifice 30 minutes when it's all said and done, like getting ready and all that stuff. And, and then I can have my afternoon more be like my morning. I'm telling you right now, it will, it will be a massive investment. I just haven't been i just need to be accountable to that i guess maybe you could be my accountability partner <laughs> i just i it's been something that in my head i know i need I, to I, do i, I and understand I the done. guilt
0: yeah and i understand the guilt especially if you're somebody listening right now you're an overachiever you you like to do things you like to be active whether you're an entrepreneur or you're working in corporate or you work in a team and you just like to be doing stuff um Really, I think the way to think about this is that it's kind of like giving your body and mind a break, so that you can go even harder than where you going are where you going right now. And so, just really think about it as like investing twenty minutes to get an extra hour and a half to to uh, two hours. Yeah. And when you think about it from that perspective, and especially everyone that's listening is very, yeah, you know, analytical, understands ROI, wants to make sure that they live their best life, right? Um, I think that's a no-brainer opportunity for everyone, right? And yeah. so going back to the other question you mentioned or asked was, uh, you know, what do you do the night before, the day of, or the morning off? So one of the things I always uh, recommend that people implement is an evening ritual. So like I mentioned earlier, it's kind of the opposite of a morning routine, right? So the morning routine is getting you ready for the day and feeling energized and focused and having that sense of clarity and and confidence. And then the evening ritual is the opposite of that. It's helping you wind down to have a really good night of sleep. So uh, it doesn't take more than 30 minutes or so, but it kind of sets you up to have a really good night of sleep. And so the better you sleep, like I mentioned earlier, the more productive you'll be the next day right? We all have seen this in our own lives. If we only sleep four hours compared to seven, there's a different feeling that we have and level of focus and level of action that we take that day. And so think of the evening ritual as your way to setting yourself up to have a peaceful night of sleep so that you are going to be productive the next day. And so anytime I skip the evening ritual, I feel like I'm not as productive the next day because maybe I didn't sleep as well, or I don't feel as prepared for the next day. And so some of the things to consider when you are getting ready is easy thing to do is set the the bedroom temperature to really low. So low, I'm I'm talking 65 uh, Fahrenheit, right? So it's like 16, 17 Celsius. Uh, Because the colder your room, the better you will sleep. So that's a really easy thing to do. Now, if you have a partner who doesn't like cold, um, you know, I would try to have a conversation with them and see if you can convince them somehow. Because if they sleep better, they probably feel better and everyone, you know, feels feels better. So happy wife, happy life, right? (laughs) So that's something I would consider. Uh, The other thing is look at your calendar for the next day so that you know what's coming up. It's a really simple step, takes like, you know, 30 seconds to do, but before you go to bed, if you have a sense of what's coming up the next day, you'll you go to bed with a lot of ease, right? And that's why I also recommend that people journal before they go to bed. Uh, if you do it in the morning, that's great too. Uh, if you do it twice a day, morning and evening, even better in my opinion. But I'm sure you've been to bed before, Caleb, and you go, man, I have so many thoughts going through my head right now, like action items, things I have to do. Oh, there's a doctor's appointment two weeks away from now. What time was that again? Right? Oh, did I close the door or not? Right? Did I call my parents? When was the last time I called them? Like there's all these crazy thoughts that are going through our head. And oftentimes those thoughts keep us awake. They don't allow us to really fall asleep. So one of the best things you can do is to kind of like, empty your head and that's where journaling is so helpful so if you have like a physical journal you're even just use pen and paper Um, just writing stuff down whatever's on top of mind and just like kind of like emptying your head that way allows you to relax which is really important if you want to get a good night of sleep so those are some of the things I would consider
1: oh man again this is probably going to be one of my all favorite all-time favorite interviews just because I'm like there's so many gold nuggets that you're, that you're sharing. And it's funny because this has everything to do with your wealth. This is everything to do with how you show up in your life. And yet we're, we haven't even talked about money, which is, which is crazy. So thank you again for being here. Um, last category is attention. What, what area, like what kind of pieces do you talk around this concept of, of attention? Um, because once you get your time and energy, um, this idea of focus, I think is so important.
0: Yeah, so if you have your time figured out, oftentimes the next step is then energy, right? So we have the time and energy to do the things we want to do. And then the next step is we want to make sure we focus on the right things and have the ability to focus as well. Because nothing pains me more than seeing you focus on something that has absolutely no progress or you're focusing on the wrong thing. And so you're spending months, if not years on something that shouldn't be done anyway right? So it's such a huge waste of time and energy. And so uh, there's a lot of decision making that comes with that, right? And also uh, being able to develop the skill of to focus on one thing at a time. Because the biggest myth in productivity is that people think that multitasking is a good thing, where you try to do multiple things at the same time. But in reality, uh, the brain can only focus on one thing at a time. And when it's trying to, quote unquote, multitask, what it's actually doing is called switch tasking. And so I didn't discover this until I read a book about how the brain works and neuroscience. And that's when I discovered, if you really want to maximize your brain power, you have to focus on one thing at a time. It's it's the way our brain is designed. It's one of the reasons why uh, when we try to multitask or do multiple things at once, that we tend to make more mistakes, that we are also slower that our output or creative output is not as great. It's one of the reasons why we don't want people to be texting and driving at the same time. Because we're doing two things at once and we see accidents rates go up significantly. And it's because our brain can only focus on one thing at a time. And they've also done a study where you have two groups of people. One, uh, they have the same task list or the same to-do list. But one group of people would multitask, so they would do multiple things at the same time. And then they asked the other group to only do one task at a time. And what they have found is that the group of people who multitask were slower compared to the people who did one thing at a time. And it feels really counterintuitive, right? Because you might say, well, if I do three things at the same time, that means I get it three times faster Uh to completion compared to doing one thing at a time. But because our brain can only focus on one thing, there's oftentimes this switching costs associated with that, right? So like, if you ever talk to someone on the phone and you were typing an email or something like that, uh, you're not fully present. And oftentimes when you hang up, you go, oh, what was the thing I was going to write about again? What was the thing I wanted to say? And so that you need kind of like that buffer time, that on-ramp to say, oh, what was I doing? You know, um, You kind of like lost, you know, your train of thought. So it takes a little bit of time to get back in the swing of things, right? And imagine doing that 50 times an hour. You just lose so many minutes there, right? And hours a day. So that's why it's so important to focus on one thing at a time. So when it comes to attention, being able to focus on just one thing at a time and focusing on the right thing is almost like a superpower nowadays.
1: Yeah, I use this example in money, but it's the difference between gas mileage on a car on a highway versus going through town. Stopping and starting it takes a lot of energy to to start up again, and th- that's why the fuel economy is less in in town than it is on the highway. Because you're it, you're when you go at high speeds and you continue that consistently, uh, it just is more efficient. Same thing goes with money and compounding. Same thing goes with our time. And so there's two things that you that you shared that I want to highlight. Number one, focus on the right things. Stephen Covey in his book talks about a person that climbs up the tree, but they're they they find themselves in the wrong forest. And I just think there's so many people that are are working hard. They have the right work ethic, they have the right intentions, but they have not asked themselves the right questions. And then the second thing is this idea of multitasking. And I'm, I am not, this is another area. Like this is a very convicting conversation for me. <laughs> Cause it's like, okay, yeah, I uh, I need to even check myself in this interview, by the way. I can be 100% focused because I have so many things going on in my brain. And you're right, it doesn't show up well when I'm talking to people. And then there's just so many times throughout the day that I'll get a text and then that will take me away from what I'm currently doing. And if you actually look at my day, I was not being efficient. So a couple things. Number one, what is a good question to ask yourself to make sure that you're not going to wind up in the wrong forest? i.e. spend 20 years of your life and realize you were working towards the, towards the wrong goal.
0: Yeah, so that kind of comes back to the goal setting part where you kind of mentioned it. Once, once you know what the goal is and what you're trying to accomplish, then everything that you do and focus on is just something that has to be in alignment with that, right? So if your goal is to become a published author, right? And your to-do list says, write chapter one, redo my finances, organize my closet. Now these three things might all be important to you, but there's only one task on that to-do list that's really important. And that is in alignment with your goal of being a published author. And that is to write that chapter, right? And so if we don't have a goal in mind, then everything that comes on our plate looks equally important. And so anytime you get that feeling of, man, oh, everything just is so important. Everything is equally important. That's when you know, or that should tell you that you don't have a clear vision of what the goal is. And so that's why it's always important to start your morning, right? Have it part of your morning routine to know what the goal is, what your goals are, so that you can start figuring out what should I actually focus on? What should I be doing? And if we take that on the business concept or in the business level, um, you know, we, for example, have quarterly goals in my business. So it's something we, we repeat every day so that people know, hey, this is what we're trying to shoot for. And so they know anytime people are picking up tasks or focusing on something, they know it should align with the, the quarterly goal of the company, right? And so you as the entrepreneur has to then obviously figure out, okay, what is the quarterly goal? How do we make sure we focus on the right ones? And that's like a whole different discussion because you know there's a lot of like strategy involved, context, timing, and everything else. And that's a different conversation. But on a more personal level, you want to just know what is the goal? And if you can't decide on the goal yet, you have to do some digging and figuring out, okay, what is actually most important? Because we can only chase realistically one or two goals, really, uh, at a time. And, and when you create your to-do list of the things you want to do, let's make sure we do things that align with the goal. And if you do that, you avoid a lot of the, oh, my gosh, I wasted a whole day. I didn't do anything uh, because you just didn't have clarity.
1: And And my next question, and I think I know the answer to this, is... How do you keep yourself from multitasking and focusing on the right things? Is it is it be clear be have clarity on where your goal is and then reverse engineer what you need to do that day to help you with that? And then it's having the discipline to only work on the things that are going to drive drive the bottom line. Is is, did I miss something or is there something that you can add to that?
0: Yeah, really simple strategy there is something like a Pomodoro timer or the Pomodoro technique. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's basically the idea that Um, once you know what you need to do, you set a timer for 25 minutes. So they call it a tomato timer. You can use an egg timer and you, you make a declaration that you're going to work on this one particular task. And when that timer is running, you cannot do anything else except focus on that one particular task. And so if you know, you know, I'm going to work on chapter one of my book then you can set a timer for 25 minutes. So by setting the timer, you know that the boundary is that you can only do this particular task until the timer is over. So if you finish early, great, right? Then the timer just runs out. You're good to go. But uh, if you just keep going, then you just know, okay, 25 minutes are up. I'm done with my particular outcome here, hopefully. If not, then you set another 25-minute timer to focus on that. So it's a really simple strategy to kind of get yourself focused. Um, But the most important thing Next to that, I would say, is that, like you kind of hinted at, uh, one, you want to know what your goals are, and then what is the first step that you can take? And oftentimes we procrastinate, oftentimes we don't get started on something, because we don't know what the first step is, right? And so if we think about, okay, uh, I want to be a published author, and that is your goal, what is the first step towards that? Well, we can go in so many different directions, right? We can look into, what's the title of my book? What is the hardcover going to look like? Who's going to be my agent? Who's going to be my publisher? Like there's so many directions we can go into. But what is really the first step for you to take action? And once you decide on that, then everything else usually falls into place after that. And so if you can know what the first step is, move for yourself, which we call the Pomodoro technique, then um, it's really easy to get yourself started and to be able to focus on just one thing at a time. And so you avoid that whole multitasking.
1: Yeah. And it gives you a sprint where your brain, it's not like this, like the whole day I'm going to spend on this. You break up your day into these short sprints and then you're accountable to that timer. Love that. Um, Last time we spoke, you were getting ready to launch a work from home course. What a great timing, by the way, everyone's working from home and everyone's becoming a homeschool parents that have kids. So what are, what are like the big, big things to know about uh, from working from home? And then how do people connect with what you're doing in the courses and your blog? Because I'm sure if they're like me, they're like, okay, writing notes, and I need to go back and learn more about this. I need to learn more about this. And so um, let's first look at working from home. And then how can people start like looking at what what kind of courses that you're writing, or making and blogs that you're writing?
0: Yeah. So we have a new course called Productive at Home that teaches people how to be productive working from home. And one of the biggest takeaways from that course is that you want to have the right setup in place. And so if you have the right equipment, the right tools at home, it makes it really easy to be able to be productive working from home, right? It's kind of like the analogy I always like to give people is going to the gym. Uh, You want to have a specific goal in mind, whether it's losing weights or putting on muscle or size. If you know what your goal is, then you know what kind of equipment you need or what you need to use right if your goal is to lose weight um, you probably want to use a cardio machine like an elliptical or a treadmill so that you can burn extra calories Uh, but if you want to put on size you want to use free weights you want to use a squat rack you want to use dumbbells so you can lift heavy things to put on muscle right and so you want to use the right tools for the right goals and the same thing for working from home when you have the right tools in place then it makes it so much easier to be productive working from home. So one of the things we recommend people do is get a second monitor. It's one of the easiest ways to get a quick win at home to be able to be more efficient, right? Uh, another thing is a virtual backdrop, uh, if you if you can, or even better, a real backdrop, right? So I love your backdrop here, and it makes. It gives you a totally different perception of how people see you. If you're like uh, someone who works with lots of clients, then you want your background to represent something that's a little bit more professional rather than uh, someone who works in a garage, right? Because I've worked with clients who do telemedicine, but then uh, they're doctors, but they work out of their garage and it looks like a huge mess. And, you know, you can't really demonstrate authority uh, when, you, yep. when you have that kind of background. So those are some things to consider, but we cover a lot more stuff in, of course, Productive at Home. And if you want to find out more about Asian Efficiency, what we do, um, you can just go to asianefficiency.com. That's our main website. And you can subscribe to our email newsletter where we share weekly productivity tips. But we also have a podcast called The Productivity Show, where we share weekly uh, productivity strategies as well.
1: I, I love it, man. I love it. So now we're going to shift to uh, money. And I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are on, on this question of how, how, you, how do you define better wealth? Meaning like there's a lot of different definitions for you. What does, what does better wealth mean?
0: To me, better wealth. um, If I had to summarize that, I would say having the freedom to choose how you want to spend your life. And so money is to me like a resource and it's a resource that allows me to either buy more time, free up more time where allowed me to have more options in life in a way it's kind of like oxygen in your business. Right. And so when I th- think about wealth, it's really living my life to the fullest, having the full expression to say, Hey, I want to do this with my time. I want to do that with friends. I want to do this with family. And so it's not really like a number thing to me or uh, something numerical. It's really just having the freedom to live my life and make memories and be able to look back when I'm 80 and say, Tan, you lived an amazing life and you had enough money or resources to do all the things you wanted to do. Because at the end of the day, you know, family relationships that we have with people is some things that are most important to me. And so I want to make sure that I have the resources around me to make those things happen.
1: I love that. One of the, one of our goals is intentional living and better wealth is all about living your life intentionally. And if you can't do that or you're not doing that, I don't care how much money you have you're not living a wealthy life. And I love the alignment there. What is one thing that you're doing right now within your financial life that you're winning in or or like a hack? I feel like you're just filled with hacks. I feel like everything that you do is pretty thought through. So is there anything that you're doing with money that is like a hack and and helping you get ahead?
0: Well, one of the best investments I've made are two things. One is getting an executive assistant. So that's the first thing I always recommend people do. Uh, Whether you are a small business owner or even when you're working corporate and you have a job, I think it's worthwhile to hire an executive assistant. And the good thing is they're pretty affordable and you don't need them more than two, three hours a week just to get started, right? So uh, those two, three hours a week can free up four, five, six, seven hours a week for you and also for your family as well. So that's one thing I uh, find like such a good return on money spent. Uh, The second thing is I spent about... I don't know, $100, $150 a month on a handyman that comes to my place every month because I'm terrible with like fixing things around my home. Uh, there's a painting that might be a little off or like I need to hang something and I'm terrible working with my hands, but I'm happy to pay someone every single month to just come in. And sometimes that person will just come in and say, oh, well, I don't have anything really. And then he'll just snoop around and say, oh, what do you think of this? Or what do you think of that? I'm like, great idea. Let's, let's, let's go ahead and do that. So uh, one of the best $100 that I will spend every single month is just having a handyman come over and just do random things and fix stuff for me that uh, sometimes I'm aware of and sometimes I'm even not aware of.
1: Yeah, I would encourage everyone, like if you're listening to this, especially if you're in a sales position or you're running your own business, to start calculating what your time is worth. And yes, I, I see this all the time, man. It's like you're, you're, you're running this business, you have a whole team, and yet you're spending a whole Day trying to fix a toilet, it's like okay, that's a really expensive project when you really think about it. And I love how you can be intentional about that. And I will say, um, getting an assistant for myself was a huge leap, and it was almost like okay, I'm ready to do this. And it's amazing the amount of time that that frees up, and uh, it's just headspace. But then also working on the 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 activities that will bring the greatest results in just our business and the impact that I want to have. Um the way that I love ending these the the show is talking about what I call the legacy question. And this is you're you're with the people that you love the most. It's your last day uh, on this earth and you can pass on one kind of idea and concept through a conversation. What's that conversation going to be?
0: I think for me that conversation is going to be around bringing people together. I love hosting, I love bringing people together, I love introducing new people to other people. And At the end of the day, having great relationships with people is what makes a big part of our happiness. And so the more we can focus on, even if we go really digital, um, there's something about being in person. There's something about seeing each other eye to eye. There's something about holding each other, touching each other, being in a physical space with each other that uh, I wanna be remembered for being able to facilitate that amongst people. And so um, for me, the legacy would be just to bring people together.
1: Dan, I super enjoy this conversation. I I really appreciate um, just you, what you're doing, your passion for productivity, and and just what you're doing even in bringing people together. And and it's inspiring me. And I shared this with you last time we talked. But I want to do something like this in Denver and have a have a platform where we can just build a community of like minded people that truly want to serve and help other people. Uh, it's, it comes across in the way that you communicate and the way that you run your podcast and your blog and your company. And so thank you for spending this time with me. I know you mentioned briefly, but where can people find you? And um, everything that you mentioned on the show will be also in the show notes. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can check out below and all the links to Tan's uh, course and uh, podcast and website will be down below as well.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Caleb. Uh, I really appreciate you having me on. And also if people want to find out more about me, just go to asianefficiency.com. And we also have a podcast called The Productivity Show. If you go to deproductivityshow.com, you'll find us there as well.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.